0: And we're the three best leagues that anybody could have. We're the three best leagues that anybody could have. We're the three best leagues that anybody could have. And we'll never, 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 never leave each other. Welcome back to the Commissioner Kellum Podcast. We got picked up for a second season. I wasn't always confident that it was going to happen. But this is episode 2.01. Welcome. I hope everyone is having a great summer soak it up while you can because fantasy football season is just around the corner be sure to hammer some dinners some date nights some kid time some trips however you spend your quality time to stay in the good graces of your wife your fiance your girlfriend your family you better stock up because it's strictly business for six months once our lions take on the chiefs on september 7th what are we doing today while we talk fantasy football in late july we're talking rookies. Obviously, I think you might be an, ab- an above-average fantasy football fan since you're spending your free time listening to an amateur fantasy football podcast here in late July. But I know some of you have yet to do a lick of homework or research yet. Don't fret. Don't freak out. No judgment here. Because on the CKP, that's the Commissioner Kellen Podcast, we're going to help you ease into this new season. We'll introduce you to the new names to know on the 2023 NFL Draft Class, and we'll tell you the important details that make them who they are, those rookies. Hopefully this will at least get these names on your radar before draft season, so you can start to pin down who you like, who intrigues you, and who you want to fade come draft time. I did my research and prep work for this podcast with very little guidelines. I'm trying to do it also with Matt. Uh, We'll see if the schedules align. Um, But I gave us very little guidelines. All I basically did to prepare was compile the top rookies, list their positions, height, weight, where they went to school, and then basically brain-dumped my thoughts and tidbits of info that I've accrued over the past few months so I can highlight what's important. I'm one of those sickos who watches college football games with future fantasy football draft picks in mind, so there really is no offseason for me. With the tape I've watched, the articles I've read, the tweets I've consumed, any other research vessel I'm forgetting, you can think of this pod sort of like a one-stop shop for like Rookies 101, which is basically everything I've picked up over the offseason. Hence, that's kind of the entire point of this pod. I have my opinions on these players, but I can't be giving away any of my draft secrets now, can I? So I'm going to keep opinion kind of out of it. I'll keep those to myself for the most part. I'm here today to just give you the facts on these guys so you can form your own opinions or maybe dig a little deeper on your own to determine your own rankings. Let's go to this next song. So bear with me. This is going to be a little bit longer of an intro. i got some things to run through. Um, Like I said, I'm going to try to have Matt on here, but uh, at a minimum, I will go through the rookies. I think Matt's going to join me, but I'm recording this uh, intro before nailing down a a date and time of recording with a Rico. So um, some background info on what I use to analyze rookies. Let me turn this down real quick. So historically, I've been a big college production guy. Obviously, that's something you're going to look at for rookies. I look at yearly stats on guys, but I also look at the stats by game to see how they performed against both their easiest and hardest competition and everything in the middle. Also, I like to know if their stats are impressive because only they feasted on the bottom feeders of their schedule, or did they shine when the lights were brightest in a tough rivalry game? To me, I think that matters. I also love Dominator. Uh, I'm sorry, Dominator rating, guys. Um, it's kind of an older metric, but uh, basically, it's percentage. You know, especially for wide receivers. What was your percentage percentage of volume compared to your team's total volume in the passing game? Um, a darling of this statistic was Cooper Cup at Eastern Washington see that was a, a stat I used to help validate my Cooper Cup draft pick when I, quote-unquote, reached for him in all my drafts when he was a rookie. Uh, Cooper Cup obviously was a success story when it came to Dominator rating. Um, last year, I thought uh, a similar thought process on one guy named Jalen Tolbert. Now, he's only had one year in the league. Maybe he'll start to break out this year. Right now, he's looking like a flop, so we'll see. Um but yeah, back to Cooper Cup. I think in year in one year of his college career, he accounted for like fifty two percent of his team's total receiving yards, or something incredibly stupid. It was dumb. He that's why he was such a darling when it came to that metric. I also look very closely at depth charts, uh, depth charts and team situations, i.e., like Damian Pierce is an example of this. Last year, I loved the talent alone, but last year he seemed to be skyrocketing up. Draft boards, because it seemed like a very easy depth chart to crack over down there on the the Houston Texans. So I loved the talent to begin with. I loved him even more when I saw he got drafted by Houston, and uh, the fantasy football community wasn't far behind me on the Damian Pierce love. So um, recently, I've gotten into athleticism metrics, specifically the Ras score, Ras R A S, which is Relative Athletic Score. That combines the player's physical traits, uh, their height, weight, wingspan, things you can't really control, I guess weight you can, but basically your God-given physical tools. It takes that into consideration while also factoring in their testing numbers when it comes to agility and speed, three cone drills, 40 yard dash, long jump, vertical, things like that. Basically it takes all these things into consideration it kicks out one number. 10 is considered the perfect score I don't think it's ever been awarded, but all the scores fall within like, you know, zero to 10 uh, to a the hundredth of a decimal. So it's all like 9.28 or 6.74, something like that. But basically it ties a number or a score to the question of, are you big as hell? If yes, cool, but you better not be slow. If you're not big as hell, you better at least be fast as hell. If you're both big as hell and you can run like the wind, then you get that elite score that's going to flirt, you know, in that nine to 10 range. It's definitely not the end-all, be-all. None of these tools we use to analyze rookies are. But I've gotten really into using RAS score as a tool, as a reference, to just you know be a difference maker. What's going to help make up my mind if I'm picking between two or three players? Who's the more athletic and physically gifted guy? I wanted to address those now so I didn't have to explain anything once we got rolling. Um, Don't worry, I'm not trying to get too geeky. I'm looking to keep it all simple. Me geeking out was what, I, getting into these uh, tools I use. So uh, the worst is over if, uh, if that's not your speed. Um, I'm looking to keep this simple, short, and sweet today. So um, that's enough commish talk for today. Uh, again, hoping to get Rico to join me, but let's get into this breakdown. Matt, welcome. It's been a minute since I've had anyone else on the pod or any pod at all, but thanks for joining. How you doing? Good. How about yourself, man? Happy to be here. Good. Yeah, happy to have you. I'm doing well. Um, let's get right into it. Give us your life update. It should
1: be an easy one for you. Oh, I played a great round of golf last weekend. Um, <laughs> sh- shot a personal best uh, of the year so far, so that was good, you know? Uh, but no, all joking aside, I uh, I got married last weekend. Um, so that was awesome life update. We had a hell of a time, hell of a wedding, threw a hell of a party, and uh took me a little while to recover. I can confirm
0: it was a hell of a time. It was a beautiful wedding. Uh very well done. So uh yeah, I was happy to be a part of it. I know everyone else was too, but yeah, that was a hell of a party. You guys did great. Yeah, man, it was it was a great time. Did you actually shoot a personal best at golf too? Or... Um, this
1: year, not like ever, oh, okay. but well, Shit. yeah, I, I played the best round of the year so far. I shot a 79. So that was cool. Hey, look at you breaking 80. Yeah, very I know. Nice. Look at us. Who'd have thought? <laughs> look at us
0: on the wedding weekend. Good timing. Yeah. Yeah. You could just say very it was cool. all around the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Awesome. Well, again, thanks for joining. Um, We're not going to waste much time. The whole point of this is we're going to keep it quick. So um, I already got into like the point of the pod during the intro. Obviously, we're here to talk about rookies. So I got into uh, some things I look at when I'm analyzing rookies. So once you quickly, you know, give us what are the important things you keep in mind uh, when you are analyzing rookies, the incoming class? Some things I got into are like, I obviously look at college production. I look at Raz scores now. I think those are really useful. Uh, mm-hmm. I've always been a big dominator rating guy, uh, but I already, I got into that in the intro. Those are just some examples for you, but go ahead, what you look at.
1: Yeah, take a look at college production. I also take a look at, you know, what um, conference they played in, what kind of competition were they playing against and what kind of numbers did they yep. put up during time, right? Um, and then also, honestly, I place a large emphasis on just like landing spots um and and draft cap um because i think that tells you a lot about what the the owner or the the team taking them or the gm taking them thinks of them and how they want to implement them are they a flyer or is it someone they moved up to get you know that that kind of thing um and just what the overall room of that team looks like and also you know what's that team they went to look like I've always tried to like if if I'm between two players, who who's the who's on the better team? Who what team do I think is going to score more points? You know, you could be an awesome player and you can play for like the Bears, you know, and just like they struggle to score points if it's not Justin Fields. So it's like how you know, you gotta take all that kind of stuff into account, I feel like.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, You can't just look at the player in a vacuum and what they did in the past. I mean, you got to look at the whole picture Um, because it all matters, you know, especially like running backs. Like if they're going to be behind, if they're on a team that's going to be playing from behind, unless they catch passes, they're not going to get many points come late fourth quarter. So um, Uh, we touched on a lot of the same things. You brought some new things to the table, though. So um, I, I appreciate you filling us in on what matters to you. You got anything else to add before we get into
1: this? Oh no man I'm I'm excited I think you know uh everyone says this this rookie class is not as good as the the last few or whatever I feel like everyone always says that every year every Um, year you know and everyone's always looking forward to the next class or whatever and it's like you know there's always good players you know so you kind of just got to take it for what it is but no I'm excited to kind of break down these uh these rookies and see uh See how we can educate some of our friends. Yeah, no, I especially in the HFFL draft, there were picks in
0: the fourth round where if I had roster space, um, I I, I couldn't, I didn't want to cut anyone on my roster, but there were players available in the fourth round of our draft, um, where I thought the players available were better than just flyers. I, I thought they had real chances to be fantasy assets. So yeah. I I think um maybe the top level of this draft isn't there. After the Bijan Robinsons, the Jameer Gibbs, the Jackson Smith, and Jigbus, maybe after that it falls off quickly. But man, yeah. I I do think this is a deep draft for finding at least useful, better than useful, fantasy players. So the other um, thing to
1: note, obviously, in the HFFL is we can draft defense as well. Absolutely, um, which there are cool. linebackers available. I got Brian Branch in the middle of the third. Like it's... I love drafting defense in like yep. rounds three and four because they're like still first round defenders. Um, but it also spreads out you know it it allows some offensive players to fall uh so to your point you know i i love throwing away fourth round picks because i was like i don't want them i I throw them into trades to sweeten the pot or whatever but i was looking at and i was like there's definitely some people i would go out and get but like you said i'm not gonna i'm not gonna drop anybody
0: right right
1: so, yeah, I thought it was kind of a weird HFFL
0: draft cuz um like the second D end of the draft, I forget who it was. Or maybe Tyree Wilson went relatively about where I thought. But uh who's the Packers guy? Um Lucas Van Ness. He was yeah. available in like the 4th round. That shocked me. Yeah. So I was a little surprised. I feel like uh, the HFFL devalued defense a little bit this year, but um I don't know why, but I I think we're yeah, the we'll we'll get into this before uh People start tuning us out for talking about leagues they're not even in. So um, real quick. So we're going to break down the rookies here. We're going to go in the order of where these rookies were drafted in this HFFL league. Um, it's a dynasty, a 14-team dynasty league that Matt and I and Brendan are in. And Jimmy, also, if you're in the guillotine league, uh, Jimmy's actually the commissioner. There's also defense, uh, individual defensive players in that league. Um, So we're just covering, obviously, the offensive players from that draft. Uh, We're going in order in which they were drafted. Um, The other data point I have for this is I'm in another league called Waffle, the Wicked Awesome Fantasy Football League. That is a 32-team league, also with individual defensive players. But since it's a 32-team league, the quarterbacks go very high. It kind of mimics more the NFL draft, so the quarterbacks are taken uh, way higher than where they are in the HFFL draft. So um, then I have kind of like an average pick between the two weeks. So again, just another data point. But for the most part, we're going to run through these names and what's important to know. What's the good, what's the bad, the ugly for, for all the offensive players in this rookie class. So well, the top 20 anyway. But I think that's enough. Let's get into it. We'll start with, let's be real, the consensus, unanimous, 1.01 first overall pick in this rookie class. It's Bijan Robinson, five foot eleven, 215-pound running back out of Texas. He landed in Atlanta. Matt, what's the good stuff to know about Bijan?
1: I mean, he's your traditional workhorse, right? Like he can catch passes. Uh, he was taken as the number one. He's got the draft capital. He's a three down back. Um not much more more to be said there he's your prototypical guy you want to go out and get as running back
0: I mean, 100 you hit on a few of my notes that i had he's prototypical size what i would add is he's a physical freak his ras score was a 9.85 that's a score out of 10 i get into that more in my intro so if you missed that go back to that for more explanation The draft capitals there. Atlanta drafted him in the eighth round in a day where we supposedly devalue running backs. They drafted him eighth overall. They're going to use him. They're going to run him into the ground. He's a threat in the passing game. He's a complete package as a player, and he's pretty durable. He had one shoulder injury in college. He missed two games because of it. Um, I mean, there's a lot to like about Bijan. Obviously, you don't really need to go on for too long about it because this guy is all that in a bag of chips. Now, the concerns, the bad to know about Bijan, Um you know, can he live up to the hype? He I've seen that he's the 101 in dynasty startups. Are you really going to take him ahead of Justin Jefferson, ahead of Jamar Chase? I don't know. This might be preference with running back and wide receiver. And then there's other veteran running backs out there, too. So the hype might be getting a little out of control for somebody who has yet to play an NFL down. But, I mean, the hype is there. It's just, is it getting too out of control. I mean, the other concerns, Desmond Ritter's the quarterback. Is he going to see too many stacked boxes? He can probably beat them anyway. Um, but, you know, that is possibly a factor. One other thing that crosses my mind is, are they going to preserve him early on? You know, these first two years, are they going to run Algier, the, their backup at the goal line to take some wear and tear off of Bijan? I think probably not, but I don't think Algier is going to completely go away either because he's actually a really I mean, good yeah.
1: He thousand yards last year. He a thousand yard rusher.
0: He's damn good back.
1: Person.
0: Yeah. Well, what I forget his first name, but uh, out of BYU, he's he's productive. He can catch passes too. He's like Bijan Light. Tyler. Tyler Algier. Yeah. So what what do you have for the bad, quote unquote, on Bijan?
1: Yeah, no, it's you know if we got to pick some bad stuff here, obviously we can't just talk oh, yeah. about it for good. There's no
0: perfect prospect.
1: Right. Um, I have written like he got drafted to Atlanta, Um, you know, um, I think they have a lack of weapons. They have an unproven quarterback and I think they're all around a bad team. Um, I'm not a huge believer in uh, Kyle Pitts. I am starting to think Drake London was also not really living up to the hype. You Know if I'm playing against Atlanta and I see Bijan Robinson on the field, I say, okay, I'm stopping Bijan Robinson and stacking this box, and I'm gonna make Desmond Ritter right beat me with his arm. And that's and, and it's and it's you know, it's um, who would I just say is Kyle Pitts, it's Drake London, and then Mac Hollins, and, right. and that's yeah. the off, yeah. So drops off fast, he's the best player. On a bad team, he's got everything you want in your prototypical workhorse running back. But I think Atlanta needs a couple weapons to take the pressure off Bijan um, for Bijan to really succeed. But you know who knows? Yeah, maybe he's that good where he doesn't need that. But yep. but that's my negatives uh, there.
0: Yeah, we had to we had to give him something. But uh, having said that, on, I Bijan... would still
1: draft him first out of all these rookies. Absolutely.
0: there. You don't overthink it. He's the pick first overall. Last thing on but Bijan. You want to I line. To, yep. I meant to mention this before getting into the details on Bijan. He was the first overall pick in HFFL. He was also the first overall pick by yours truly in Waffle. So I already we're seeing that uh, a did very consistent first overall. I think you made that pick in Vegas. I sure did. That one felt God. good. God. Yeah, it did. Yep, that was fun. I felt like I did it with you. all right next up we have the player drafted uh second overall by you in hffl fourth overall in waffle uh the running back out of alabama at five foot nine hundred ninety nine pounds jameer gibbs to our detroit lions i'm sitting here in my motor city dan campbell t-shirt tell us about your boy jameer matt
1: yeah i mean there's not a ton to not like about jameer i mean he might not be the absolute workhorse that, um, you know, Bijan was, but the guy is a pass catcher. He's lightning in a bottle. Don't let him get into open space. Uh, I think he's going to line up out in the slot just as much as he is in the backfield for, I I think, I think the Lions went up and got him because they think he's a playmaker, uh, not just a running back. So I love that. He has the ability to go find the end zone. Uh, he was good at Florida State. He went to Alabama, tore Georgia, it up at Alabama. Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech, excuse me. He was good at yep. Georgia Tech, went to Alabama, tore it up there. I mean, it's and he went to the Lions. It's, like, really tough to take my fan hat off and not drink the Kool-Aid because I, I like the player uh, before the Lions drafted him, um, and now I love him. Yeah, have you watched that inside the den
0: show on YouTube about the Lions? Kind of like behind the scenes of the Lions. Have you seen that?
1: They were getting ready to take him at like eight overall.
0: They were going to take him at six
1: ahead of Bijan. Yeah. yeah. And they he- were going to take him ahead of Bijan. And they that's came. where I was yeah. going with that. And I, I think uh I, I know um, exactly where you were going with that. And I, like yeah. that that showed me everything I needed to know. Yeah. About how to value him. And when they get yeah put that like they put the pick in like as soon as they got on the clock they're like oh it's done this isn't even a, a question as
0: soon as the tackle went the pick right before yep. him that's when uh Everybody uh they started celebrating Holmes started smacking the the desk yeah. in excitement
1: they're like we, we did it
0: we got our yeah. guy yeah so they would that, have taken him at six they maximized the value traded back and got the same guy uh um, yeah so
1: win-win yeah. huge win I mean, if we got it, I mean, what do you think? What, what's the good, I'll, I'll t- before I talk about some of the negatives, you go. Oh, yeah, you hit on, you know, we're going to have a lot of the same here. I mean,
0: he's a dual threat weapon. He's more than just a running back. The reports out of camp, kind of the assumption we all made from the get-go is he's going to be lining up in the slot. He's going to be, you know, catching passes. He's going to be a passing game threat just as often as he's in the backfield because he's got that kind of skill set. Don't overlook, though, that he did have 6.1 yards per carry in college. Now, that's against SEC competition. Uh, You know, nothing to sneeze at. But with his catching, going back to that, he was 230 yards shy, just 230 yards shy of leading Alabama in receiving yards last year as a running back. So the last, I mean, that's impressive. I don't have a lot of player comps, but when I see his tape, The name that I see is Le'Veon Bell in his prime. Uh, Yes, he can run. Yes, he can dissect a line. He can hit a hole. He's got that wiggle also. Mm -hmm. And holy shit, get him in space, throw him a ball, because he can make the first guy miss and he's gone.
1: Le'Veon, I mean, I hate to put him next to, like, CMC, but, you know, as, like, the pass catcher who can just make something happen, I see that in him too. Same kind of style. Yeah, like Bijan, you know, you you want him to live up to the hype. He was taking I mean the draft capital's there. You know, you want him to live up to the hype. So I really, really hope we're not hyping him too much. But I really yeah. Blue Kool-Aid, baby. Yeah, I'm I'm drinking the Kool-Aid hard on that one. I I am too. Not My the only best knock I can look. do is like he's five nine. Yeah, that, that's what I have. He's somewhat slight. He, he ran still, behind you know, that Alabama line. His, his weight, I'm not worried about. Yeah, yeah, he's right on the verge of 200. You know, it's probably good he's enough. He's Right there, out bump him up. You know, wait until the end of camp, get him a couple burgers. He'll be fine. Yeah, they'll beef him up. Yeah, yeah. Now he, yeah, he ran behind that
0: Bama O line, which is always solid. The Lions O line is also pretty damn good top too. Top five.
1: Yeah, top five no, in the he, league, dude. Yep, I know. I'm afraid. I'll tell you that. I am afraid of how high my expectations are.
0: (laughs) Well, they, they should be high with the draft capital used on him.
1: I have, I was going to say, I've got, I've done two dynasty drafts so far and I have two shares of Jameer Gibbs. There you go. You're invested. I'm a hundred percent. I'm batting a (laughs) hundred.
0: There you go. I'm nitpicking here uh and maybe this is just my lions fandom showing but did he look mad to you when we drafted him yeah
1: he did a little not, bit. Mad, I don't think not he. yeah no but i mean can you blame him no
0: and I, I don't know if i've ever said those words before but when i saw him i was like oh boy
1: uh, we got
0: we got a guy that doesn't want to be here i don't you know got a
1: disgruntled him. employee
0: yeah yeah before he's even an employee so hopefully that's not the case if it was hopefully we can you know convince him that it's all gonna you be our
1: yeah and i'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt and just say he was kind of like in shock yeah um he just became a millionaire i mean <laughs> yeah his life changed a lot of emotion seconds i'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt on that one yeah and um yeah, I've got pretty high expectations. I think Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell. And, like, I think they have very high expectations for him. Obviously, they went up to get him, and they were thinking about taking him six overall. So, you know, if he's pissed off, good. I hope we get a guy that's pissed off and wants to go scorched yeah. earth. I love he's it. got that grit. He wants to be a villain. Please.
0: Yeah. All right, anything else on Gibbs?
1: Oh, no, we're good. Let's move okay. on.
0: Let's move on to Jackson Smith and Jigba. Yeah, uh, he went third overall in HFFL, fifth overall in Waffle, aggregate score of four there. He's the six foot one wide receiver, 200 pounds out of Ohio State. What do you like about JSN?
1: JSN, uh, he was the best wideout in the class. Uh, he was a standout in a crowded Ohio State wide receiver room. You know, the guy's shifty, he makes plays. Um, you know, he, he's not like the tallest guy. He's not like that, you know, Quentin Johnson size guy who's on the outside. But like, I don't know if that's the role he needs to play where he got drafted. Um, and we what I think what we've seen over the last couple of years is some of these, you know, smaller framed wide receivers coming in and just tearing up the league, like like uh Devonta Smith type player. Um so yeah, I I I think he's gonna be a hell of a wide receiver.
0: Yeah, it's definitely kind of a smaller class with the wide receivers. I mean, Quentin Johnston's up after this. He's six foot four, two fifteen. But other than that, I mean he's definitely the outlier. So I mean, Jackson Smith and Jigba at six one, two hundred, he's not even small for this class, uh, comparatively. But uh it 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 I feel like it's changed over the past few years. All the guys coming out were six three, two twenty. Not all, but you know, that was the guy that was the the physical trait that got you into the first round for the most part now you know you can get by you know six foot one two hundred you're just fine what i like about jsn so uh he's that dude he just is like you said he was the best receiver in the country now uh well i guess i'll get to my concern later but uh, he comes from Ohio State, kind of the wide, you know, the wide receiver university here right now, probably right up there with Alabama and LSU. I mean, the stats back it up. So in 2022, he had 95 catches for over 1,600 yards and nine touchdowns. And oh, by the way, that included a game in the Rose Bowl against Utah, where he had 15 grabs for 347 yards and three tutties. He has the ability to completely take over a game like that. He's got that game-breaking ability. This dude's kind of a complete wide receiver with his catching ability, his route running, his ability to separate and find space. He's an insanely talented wide receiver. Now, what I don't like about him, you know, he's small-ish. He's pretty average for this draft class. Uh, He was concussed in the Notre Dame game, game one of last year. So keep in mind with all the hype and all the talent, if you draft this guy, you're drafting a guy that played three games last year and caught five balls for 43 yards and zero touchdowns. So do I think the talent's going to win out and he was banged up and he may have had an eye on the NFL? Yes. I I think he's going to be just fine as a pro and probably way better. Um, But that is, you know, that's a bullet point for him and uh, other two other things. He's third on the depth chart. He's got DK Metcalf in front of him, is uh, along with Tyler Lockett, and he's got Geno Smith throwing him the ball. So Geno was just fine last year. I wouldn't consider that a plus, like uh, a, a pro of drafting JSN, but uh, it's not going to kill him. But it could be better. But what do you got for the bad?
1: Yeah, his landing spot. You kind of nailed it. I was pretty high on JSN and was even considering him taking him in HFFL over Gibbs um, pre- pre-draft. After yep. the draft, my mind was made up. Um, <laughs> you well, know, you got, you got DK Metcalf, who's going to get his targets. Uh Tyler Lockett's still there. And yeah, I know, he's 30, but Tyler Lockett was a damn good football player. You're also linked to Geno Smith, who had a great year last year, yeah, but where's that been the whole other 10 years he's been in the league um so we'll see what happens you know moving forward so like not the best quarterback not the best landing spot do i think he's going to be good in the long run yeah like he's a rookie he'll have he'll get a new quarterback eventually um and then i i think we'll see him open up a little bit but i mean he never he could never really beat his arch rival um ofer <laughs> against against Michigan you had Uh, to work that in there what me no oh for oh for against Michigan you know really could never show up for the big game uh so that's cool tough look tough look tough look but no all kidding aside I think he's going to be a uh a great wide receiver and I think he's the most talented wide receiver in this class uh I just his landing spot honestly was the biggest thing for me
0: yeah, I, I think Seattle got an absolute steal taking him where they did. I think he was, like, 21st or 22nd overall in the NFL yeah. draft. I mean, to me, I feel like he's conservatively a top 15 pick. I, I think he's that good of a wide receiver. I was
1: kind of shocked he went that late. Yeah, and it was
0: crazy because then, you know, he was the first wide receiver to go. He kicked it they off. It went four in he, a row.
1: Yeah, he kicked so. off the – and, like, I honestly – like, you flip him with Zay Flowers – and I think I, I love JSN. So yeah. it's weird. It's yeah. weird. You know,
0: we'll get to Zay flowers in a bit. You know, my feelings on him. I'm kind of back and forth. on him. Uh, I know. I, I, I hear I'm you starting to love him. You know, he's mine now. I, I have a share in HFFL, so I'm rooting for him. He's yeah. destroying camp. So uh, oh, yeah. we'll get to him in a minute though. But you you good on JSN ready to move on to Quentin Johnston. Yes, sir. All right. Quentin Johnston out of TCU, the Horned Frogs. Uh, this guy went fourth overall in HFFL uh, to Brendan, and then he went sixth overall in Waffle. Uh, he is a six foot four, two hundred fifteen pound monster out of TCU. Got drafted by the Chargers. What do you like about him, Matt?
1: Uh, well, he is linked to Justin Herbert for the next four, or five years, whatever the contract is. Um, Herbert just signed an extension. Uh, like you said. Guy six four. I can really only say I watched one of his games last year and it broke my heart, so I hate him. But he, he <laughs> tore Michigan apart. Uh yeah. just I, I'll never forget him streaking down the sideline, just thinking I can't believe we're about to lose to TCU, but here we are. Um but like you I said, lost, I lost some big money in that game. <laughs> we won't get into that on the on the radio. <laughs> I know I wasn't alone. Yeah, no, no, you weren't. Anyways, though. Uh, so Quentin Johnson. Um, yeah. I mean, big, the guy's got all the prototypes to be your, you know, alpha wide out one, you know, big guy's going to go up and get the ball, go, go get those deep balls from Justin Herbert. And like he's in an offense that wants to throw the ball and he's, and he doesn't have to be the guy right away. You know, he's got Keenan Allen. He's got Mike Williams. I think he could be potentially wide out one by the end of the year. But for rookies he or for step into that for, role right, right away. He can are almost you be like, number number one rookie or all wide receivers. Oh no, no. I think like number one on on like I think he became wr one on the Chargers. Like I got not gonna lead everybody in fantasy. Um okay. I think he's just gonna be the Chargers W R one eventually, okay. like and could be this season. You know, they've got uh who um Keenan Allen Keenan Allen, Mike mm-hmm. Williams yeah Keenan Allen age got a little hurt last year but before that you know the guy's been as consistent as they can be Mike Williams kind of up and down you never really know um also had a great year last year but like I just I love how it's like you know remember when like uh the Pittsburgh Steelers drafted Juju and Juju oh, yeah. was unbelievable um his first year Cause he didn't have to be the guy. They had Antonio Brown. They had Le'Veon Bell and then Juju was the man. Cause everyone was trying to cover those guys. Yeah. I think they that have a lot of space for that at, at Quentin Johnson.
0: Sure. I mean, yeah, they have the, the advantage of kind of easing him in. He doesn't have to be the superstar right away. He can learn the NFL. He can get comfortable with Justin Herbert. I mean, there's a lot to say about not having to rush a guy into it. What I like about him, I mean, the size jumps off the page. That's the biggest thing for him. 6'4", 215. He's a freak. He makes the big plays. He's the deep threat. Uh, Like you said, one of my bullet points for things I liked was just Justin Herbert. I mean, he's got a cannon of an arm. He can hit him on those deep passes. And Justin Herbert just signed an extension. You know who Quentin Johnson's quarterback is going to be, which is uh, it helps you sleep at night when you're a fantasy owner. Um, other names that I like that are linked to Quentin Johnston are Brandon Staley as head coach, who loves to go for it on fourth down. Um, as fantasy football fans, we should all be Chargers fans because I think uh, the Chargers go for it on fourth down more than any other team. Because uh, he's a big analytics guy, he says, you know, when when my quarterback's a gangster and I got all these playmakers, I got Austin Eckler in the backfield the odds of me picking up one yard are pretty damn high. So um, Quentin Johnson is going to get those opportunities. He's going to be on the field for some of those fourth down plays. Uh, Another name I like associated with the Chargers is Kellen Moore, my namesake coming from Dallas. uh, There was a parting of ways between Kellen Moore and the Cowboys because Mike McCarthy said that Kellen Moore wanted to score too many points. Uh, McCarthy wanted to focus on defense uh a little bit more, which doesn't really make sense to me in 2023. Uh, but uh Kellen Moore likes to light up the scoreboard and he can do that with Quentin Johnston and Justin Herbert and all the other, you know, the superstars that they have on that offense. Uh the player comp here that I have is is Mike Williams. Uh, it's you know kind of like they drafted Mike Williams replacement already. Hopefully Quentin Johnston can stay healthy though. So um it's yep a damn good player comp to have. You just hope you can do it more consistently than Mike Williams. Cause he's the kind of notorious boomer bust guy, the bad on Quentin Johnson. I and mean, he's somewhat raw to me. He comes from TCU, which
1: mm, yep.
0: TCU wide receivers do the names, Josh Doxson and Jalen Rager ring a bell because they were both drafted fairly high and never amounted to Jack shit. Um, yeah. So, you know, just something to be a little bit worried about. Uh, and then, you know, is he big play reliant? You know, maybe he's a superstar for best ball leagues. That's kind of where I would probably tend to get my uh, my Quentin Johnston shares. Uh, I don't know if I'm, I might need to see it first before I draft him and redraft leagues, but uh, he's got the ability to make those big plays, but is he going to rely on those as a fantasy player? But what do you got for the bad for him?
1: Yeah, no, uh, kind of similar to, to you. It's like, he came from TCU I think TCU played four ranked teams last year um so I mean I know he torched Michigan but look what happened when they played Georgia and I feel like going to the NFL is basically playing Georgia yeah, yeah. you know total shutdown um so I think there's some risk just coming from TCU um but I mean it uh, He, I don't think he could have gone to a better spot. So, I I mean, the the big risk is where he came from, to me. And who did he play and what – did he pad his stats against, like, maybe mediocre talent? Yeah,
0: I hear you. And I don't mean
1: this to, you know,
0: twist the dagger in your heart, but honestly, his big play against Michigan, that's kind of where I was like, oh, okay, he didn't just beat up on Big 12 teams. He can do it against the big boys. So, um, to me, that – you know, I was like, Oh, okay. He can do it against Michigan. He can do it against, you know, he
1: can do it in the NFL. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It, you know, that's kind of, yeah, that, that sucked.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: All right.
0: Let's move on to Jordan Addison, your guy who you got in the HFFL fifth overall, he went eighth overall in waffle. He is the six foot 175 wide receiver out of USC, but also Pitt. I hate USC. So I like to remember him more from because I think he's an actually damn good player. So what do you got on him?
1: Well yeah honestly I think uh I think not going into the NFL his after his junior year kind of hurt him. Um like he probably could have been one of the top wide receivers drafted. I mean he had 17 touchdowns uh playing for Pitt his his senior year, you know? Um so that was one thing um that I mean maybe that's a knock that he had a down senior year. Sorry, I'm kind of going all over the place based on what I wrote yeah. in the good section. Um, but the talent's still there. I don't think USC utilized him. I think they asked him to do, like be the outside receiver that Quentin Johnson was, um, and tried to force him into a playmaking role that he didn't do at Pitt. I think he's an excellent slot receiver, and I think he went to Minnesota, which is an awesome landing spot. And part of the positives I have even written down here, which is weird to say, but like Justin Jefferson is listed as a positive. Not only yes. as a mentor, but teams have to shut him down. Absolutely. So Hawkinson that's too. kind of – going to get some volume. And he's fast. He's a fast guy. So, you know, they got rid of Thielen. I know they brought in Hawkinson, Um, But, I, I mean, I really like his landing stop. I think he could be the top wide receiver of this year's class this year just on fantasy points out of rookie wide receivers. I have the same point. I think he might be the best year one wide
0: receiver in this class. Uh, If I had to draft a rookie wide receiver in a redraft league, I would want Jordan Addison because like you said, I think Justin Jefferson, he's going to get double teamed at least every play. Hawkinson's going to get the next look. Jordan Addison is going to be available to make some plays. And I think he's NFL ready. Um, uh, Other positives I have for him. He won the bullet the best wide receiver in college in the nation in 2021. He's a route running technician. Yes, he's fast as hell. He freaking better be at 175 pounds. Um, And I have this as a positive, but yeah, you you touched on it too. He was actually less productive at USC with a Heisman winning quarterback throwing him the ball with a Lincoln Riley uh, coached team. He was less productive there than he was at Pitt uh, with Kenny Pickett throwing him the ball. Um, To me, I see that as an advantage um it really like got a, a good thing about him so I think Jordan Addison's got all the talent in the world I think he's got a great opportunity a great landing spot I think this is a hell of a rookie I think you got a bargain at five in HFFL I think he should have been four off the board but Brendan uh Brendan likes uh the the guy at a TCU Quentin Johnston so I think I he was got fully prepared to with draft money. Quentin Johnston yeah. um
1: and when Brendan took him he I, I texted Brendan afterwards and I was like I'm a little shocked. I, in no world did I think you were taking Quentin Johnson over Addison, but here we are.
0: He,
1: he fell in love with Quentin Johnson in like
0: November. He texted me and Jimmy. He's like, "Uh Oh, I'm going to draft another TCU wide receiver. that I fell in love with another big TCU wide receiver. And uh, sure enough, he did.
1: So moving forward for all of our friends out there, I probably would not draft him. Uh, (laughs) You know? Brendan's oh, Brendan about to, to catch some strays or he's going to draft him and then trade him for four sick rookies that don't do anything. We'll see.
0: He's, you know, he's due for some good moves. <laughs> he believes in his team. So maybe, hopefully he makes the right decision. Um, Just kidding. Love you, Brendan. <laughs> uh, some things I don't like about Quentin Johnson. I think he's pretty raw and we have the, Oh, did we already get yeah. into this? Oh, no, Jordan Addison. Sorry. Yeah, I, I went yeah. back to Quentin Johnson mode, but Jordan Addison, so, uh, 175 pounds. It's a little bit of a concern. Yeah. I'm also worried about, uh, Kirk Cousins. Is it, his quarterback? Which um, Kirk Cousins doesn't scare me. It's what's after Kirk Cousins. I think he's yeah. a free agent after this year. I think Minnesota is going to hold on to him, but uh, I I don't know that for sure. He's also getting old, so you know if you're Looking at dynasty, and you're looking years down the road, you know that that's also in the back of your mind. You know, are they going to have, you know, some nobody under center because uh, I don't know they can't afford anybody or they miss on a draft pick, you know, you, you just never know.
1: I feel uh, like also, as long as you have Justin Jefferson on your team, you're going to go get a quarterback. Yeah, they, if they pay him, which I'm I'm pretty positive
0: they will, but you never know with we'll all these out. players, you know, wanting the most money they can get now. Yeah. God, those selfish players, you know, you I see. know, I know the best wide receiver in the game. Well, top he can't three, conservatively. We'll call it. He wants paid. to get paid. Oh my goodness. <laughs> now another red flag I have on Addison, uh, it just popped up. He got caught going like 150 or something in a 55 mile an hour zone. Uh, he told the cop that his dog was having an emergency, I guess, People yeah, are buying that, that in the but... plus section. This guy's a great pet <laughs> owner. I mean, that's the guy, that's a little crazy though. I mean, he like more than doubled the speed limit. So uh that's a little bit of red flag. He's been in the NFL for a matter of months and he's already getting police reports. Uh my last downside on him though is he is USC trash, so he sucks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, the guy's fast. He likes fast things, likes fast cars. What are you gonna do? Kid went out, finally became a millionaire, bought a sports car, and let her fucking rip. You know, I'm really not going to hold that. It's not like he pulled a Henry Ruggs and killed someone doing it. Yeah, I'm really not going to hold that against him. Hopefully, at least he was sober. You know, yeah, he was sober while he did it. Maybe Justin Jefferson can mentor him a little bit. Um, Other thing that I have um, down senior year, you know, I want to see what he can do, how he bounces back. I really hope they just utilize him in the slot like he was utilized at Pitt and scored 17 touchdowns. Um, and then the size. You kind of hit on it too, you know. But I think the size, we've also kind of disproved that myth or dispelled that that myth with some of the wide – like the, the Devonta Smith-type, you know, Jalen Waddell-type wide receivers. Uh, I think you can have an excellent receiver that size in, in today's NFL. Yeah. So, but yeah, if we got to pick some negatives, I would say he had a down senior year and his size is something to be concerned. And then maybe his judgment, who knows, but if he was, you know, racing home to help his dog, I mean, All right, Uh, Matt, I think you just barely got it on, uh,
0: got it in before zoom cut you off. So let's go on to zoom. Zay flowers. I drafted him sixth in HFFL. Uh, he went ninth in waffle. He is a five foot nine inch receiver out of Boston college, 182 pounds. Tell us what you like
1: about him. Yeah. Next is a flowers. I've got, I think he's got a good landing spot and I think he has immediate opportunity. Um, He, he was good. He was good at BC. Um, There's not really an alpha wide out. I know they brought in OBJ, but he's already talking about this potentially being his last year uh Bateman I was pretty high on um didn't pan out had some injuries so I think the wideout room is really open and quite frankly I think Baltimore needs a wide receiver to step up to take the next step as a as a team and organization so I think Zay Flowers has all the opportunity in the world to be a like a fantasy all-star um will he be I think there's a little risk with that as well. You know, 59182, we talked like we talked about some of the other previous wide receivers and their size. You know, we've seen it happen, but size is, you know, something that uh is concerning and then the fact that he, you know, he went to BC. Did he play the absolute best competition? You know, how would he have fared against some SEC or or, or Big 10, you know, play, right? Um so Those are the things I have as like, you know, question marks or risks. But I mean, after who was gone in the HFFL, I think, I mean, I wouldn't take any of the running back. Like it it really starts to open up. He's the best. He was the best player available on the board when you took him. So I agree with your pick.
0: Okay. Yeah. Honestly, I didn't feel like there was another pick there. I feel like he was, no and maybe in a tier all of it like all on his own like there wasn't another option that made sense you either had to trade out of that pick Mm
1: -hmm. or make
0: that pick yeah and I had a fake offer for next year's first and I think a second and it never actually (laughs) resulted in a sent offer it was all through text and then he he revoked it so uh, verbally um so yeah I you know what I I hated Zay Flowers. I, I really didn't like him. Well, I love the player. Let me be let me say that. I think he's an incredible player. I'll get to the bad. It's it's Lamar Jackson. You believe in Lamar Jackson as a quarterback more than I do. Um, but what do I like about Zay Flowers? He was a go-to guy at Boston College. One of the things I got into in my intro was dominator rating. He was a big dominator rating guy at Boston College. He got a lot of that pass passing volume that the team got he got a big percentage of that. Um, he's small, but he's dense. He's heavy for his size. He has great balance. So even though he's small, he's hard to kind of like get on the ground. He's kind of like a like a pinball uh, when he runs around at times. His new offensive coordinator, Todd Munkin, he comes from your Georgia Bulldogs, Matt. And what he oh, yeah. specializes in is getting players in space. And that is where Zay Flowers thrives. Yes, the level of competition is kind of a question coming from Boston College, but his better games were, you know, he has some games where he beat up on um, the Colgates, the Rutgers, um, some other teams that are like, yeah, of course he blew up. But at least he blew up in those games. Right. He does have games, you know, Notre Dame kind of shut him down. He had three catches for 40-something yards, no touchdowns. He scored touchdowns against Clemson, uh, I think twice in the two years that he played against them. Uh, he, he had decent games against the good competition and he had a Boston college quarterback throwing him the ball. So, you know, there's only so much he can do. Um, two last things I like about him. He has been lighting Ravens camp on fire. He is supposedly the guy. Um, you know I, that's, that's hype from a training camp. It's always going to be positive, but um, you know, I saw Rashad Bateman start to get propped up a little bit that died off and Zay Flowers, continues to get hyped up. Odell is kind of hit or miss. Um, but (laughs) as a CMU grad, what really got me excited, uh, and got me more intrigued than Zay Flowers, one of the more generous player comparisons I saw for Zay Flowers was Antonio Brown. And, uh, I damn near needed a new pair of pants when I saw that one. So that one got me excited.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, anyone you can compare, and I mean, he's a, he is a great comparison for some of these uh, smaller frame wide receivers. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it, you don't have to be the alpha 6'5", 215, 220-pound, you know, DK Metcalf type wideouts to have success in the league or in no. fantasy. Sure. No, I mean, Zay no. Flowers, he's a really good player. So,
0: I, you know, I think Antonio Brown is a very generous comparison to give anybody who hasn't played it down yet. I know yeah, Steve yeah. Smith uh he he thought Zay Flowers reminded him of himself. I'll gladly take that. But if you're going to throw Antonio Brown out there too, yeah, I'm I'm even more excited.
1: Yeah, and I think uh Lamar he's been injured the last two seasons. Plays a full season. I think uh I mean, I believe in his arm. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm a fan of Lamar now.
0: I'm rooting for him. As long as he's throwing to Zay
1: what, what, uh, what do you like? Mark Andrews, what's that? His only other competition is really Mark Andrews.
0: Yeah. We'll see. Uh, we'll see if Odell can stay healthy. We'll see if Rashad Bateman can stay healthy, but yeah. Well, what, uh, what do you, what don't you like about Zay so much?
1: Yeah, really? I mean, um, his size, the fact that he went to Boston college, those were the two things that, that stood out to me. Um, other than that, there's not a ton. It, it's just, it feels risky. You know, I don't really have a reason to not like him. It just feels like a risky pick, uh, but at the point in the draft where you're taking him, uh, he 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 is better than every other wideout available. So no, I, there's not a ton to knock on him outside of his size and the fact that he went to BC. Yeah, I mean, he's you're not going to take him before Jordan
0: Addison. You're not going to take oh. him before Quentin Johnson or Jackson Smith and Jigba or definitely not the two running backs. He's going to be right in that range with himself, Zach Charbonnet, and Kendry Miller, in my opinion, maybe Dalton Kincaid as well.
1: And I take him every time I feel like in that position.
0: I do as well. I do as well. But yeah, I mean, the things I don't like, I mean, Boston College, you're going to raise an eyebrow at that. Um, you know, he's short, he's got the small cat, catch radius, and Lamar, you know, that he might need a big catch radius like Mark Andrews has to be productive in a Lamar Jackson offense. That's my opinion. Um, even though he's stocky, he is extremely light at 182 pounds, but he is powerful. Um, but yeah, the, the main thing for me, the, the biggest downside is Lamar. So in the past three years, you know, her his per game passing stats is 18 completions, 203 passing yards at 7.2 yards per reception and 1.5 touchdowns so that is split amongst you know mark andrews he's gonna get his you got odell there you got rashad bateman you got devin duvernay now enter zay flowers there's just not a lot to go around there's just not a lot of volume unless todd munkin changes a lot scheme wise and strategy wise now jk dobbins knee is apparently still a disaster gus edwards is still hurt they just signed melvin gordon in Baltimore, I saw that. I they, saw they, that. they may have no choice but to throw it out and I'm all for it feed Zay
1: yeah no I'm, I mean like I said originally I think the opportunity is there I mean all said and done he could be the best wide out of all the rookies this or score the most points out of all the rookies I mean you got someone taking up uh you know Mark Andrews you know he's getting doubled probably You're not gonna not cover Odell. You you got someone spying Lamar.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I mean, I can't cover everybody,
0: right? Right. Right. The ball's gotta go so
1: Zay. I mean, if
0: he's even, he's leaving. He he is a speedy little jitterbug. So exactly those
1: little dump off passes or little like slant passes that he can you can just get him in space. And and you know, Lamar doesn't have to throw a bomb, sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I kind of made
0: the Zay Flowers pick with a little bit of a sour taste in my mouth because it's just like, I have to take this guy. I don't love him. Um, but I've I've since bought into the hype and uh, I, I do believe in the player. Um, so I'm getting more and more excited about it, about him. But let's go on to a name that Michigan fans are certainly familiar with. It's Zach Charbonnet. He was drafted seventh in HFFL, 11th in Waffle. He's the six foot one 220 pound running back out of UCLA slash Michigan what do you like about your old blue boy
1: Charbonnet I think he's always just been a consistent good running back like not great you know he's not going out there and putting the game on his back at times uh, but he is a very solid running back I like his size he's a little bit of a bowling ball-esque type running back you know physical runner downfield runners not afraid to put his shoulder into the ground and go he had success at Michigan obviously you know there was a couple other backs that came along but I still wish him nothing but the best he went out there and had success at UCLA UCLA has been a top program uh, for for the last couple years I would say Uh, so you know what like I I his I like him as a player I think he has everything you would want in a running back if you weren't drafting like your Bijan type running back um and i think it's just a murky running back room there right now absolutely um, you know that's really the downside so but there's a lot to like about Zach oh yeah no
0: i agree i mean he's he's a good runner and he is a great pass catcher too he <laughs> had 7 yards Per carry at UCLA you know it's a pac 12 defense he's playing against and you know that that kind of style of football but seven years per carry that's impressive he had really great draft capital he was the third running back off the board Seattle took him I think mid-second round which is the good draft capital and Pete Carroll loves to run the ball and that's what Seattle's going to do to get Geno comfortable and then they're going to open up the plays downfield so um, yeah he's a good player he really is I mean, what I don't like, though, is Seattle spent the second-round pick on him this year, and they spent a second-round pick last year on Michigan State boy Kenneth Walker. So now what the hell do you do? And now both of them are banged up. So it's uh, it, murky is the word you use, and I don't know if I can think of a better one. Um, also, Charbonnet left Michigan. I know Blake Corum's there. Uh, I don't know if he was invited to the Heisman ceremony last year, but he's probably one of the front runners this year um maybe that's why he left but um I mean I still think he'd have a role at Michigan but he did leave so I mean so did Jamison Williams and we all love him but you know had to put something there for the negatives but what do you got
1: yeah my negatives I mean he Kenneth Walker you know high draft pick last year um really great receiving room you know targets are going to those receivers in Seattle um, I just you cannot draft him and say I got my guy like you, it, it, he's one of those guys where it's going to be like damn I really should have played him in my lineup last week but I didn't huh. you know I didn't know if it was going to be him or Kenneth Walker and then you're going to play him and you know he could get you three points
0: so that's so, the one last thing I wanted to say I think the only format I'm drafting him in this year is a best ball league yeah, yeah good yeah. freaking luck picking the week to play him
1: Right. Good upside, but man, the landings, I mean, the landing spot for fantasy purposes is tough. Now, Seattle, had, I mean, I think is a good running back room, but also Zach Charbonnet just had a, a shoulder injury uh, like this week. Um, and also, yeah. Kenneth Walker had an injury. <laughs> right. So, like, Seahawks are back to square, square wall. Yep. Yep. They're going to call up Marshawn. They need him yeah yeah so no not i mean i think he's a fastball down the middle that got drafted into a really murky situation and it's going to be hit or miss based on the running back room there in another offense maybe he could be a more significant player sure
0: all right let's go on to now a guy i really like uh kendra miller out of tcu the six foot 220 pound running back Horned Frog uh he went eighth in HFFL to me which may be considered a reach to some I don't know I was pretty happy with the pick but uh then he went 12th in our in my waffle draft so what do you like about Kendra?
1: yeah I mean I got a couple different takes on this one I wasn't in I'll break it down all right so positives the age of the current running back room where where they're at I mean Kamara seems like Kamara might be a little bit of a wild card at this point with um his off field behavior um I know they settled there's but there still could be on field suspension I believe he's also 28 um and then Jamal Williams I think you know just had his career year um also I think is close to being 28 you know and when we're talking about age of running backs 28's that number where you're starting to be like okay how much you got left in you um and and he had a great college career um you know he put up points he scored touchdowns he's a downfield runner physical runner and size i mean he's six foot 220 you know it's kind of exactly uh, kind of like i mean like zach charbonnet like he, he is that bowling ball type player that like will, will square up and and run hard so yeah that's what i have as as uh positives
0: yeah, uh, he he does run hard. He's a stocky, uh, kind of like an 18-wheel truck uh, yeah. when he gets moving. <laughs> uh, his yards per carry since 2020, 7.2, 7.5, and 6.2. And, uh, you know, y- you look at him, he's like, oh, you know, big 12 schedule. Okay, whatever. Well, he had 7.1 yards per carry against Michigan before he blew his knee out. So, um, you know, against that great defense, he still produced greatly he's got great size you know Bijan came out of the same conference Bijan's got better numbers top to bottom I'm not gonna try to make a point out of something that's not there but his numbers were close on a yards per carry uh, basis with Bijan he was he was very close against the same competition with Bijan in my opinion Kendra is the second best runner running back in this class and he can also catch I I saw a video or a tweet from a fantasy football quote unquote expert on Twitter or Instagram or something months ago, he said, don't, you know, why draft Zach Charbonnet in the second, when you can draft Kendra Miller uh, in the fifth, I I forget what the rounds were, but basically he's like, you know, Kendra Miller, he's kind of similar skill set to Zach Charbonnet. They didn't quite use his passing ability at TCU, but he can catch the ball and so he's kind of similar in that regard i might be just hearing what i want to hear in that regard but um i think he's a hell of a player i hope the saints take their sweet ass time getting him healthy uh he is off the pup list but man i i hope they take their time because i think he could be a special special player what i don't like though you know the the tcu it's a small knock but you know you look at other tcu running backs Uh, coming into the NFL and uh, Lydian Lydian Tomlinson comes to mind. I don't want to draw that parallel yet, but I just got to throw that out there. Uh, (laughs) He is is banged up already, but he doesn't have injury concerns. So as long as the Saints do what they should do and get him healed up right, um, I think the future is very bright. And you mentioned it already. He's third on that depth chart. Now, Jamal Williams and Kamara hang another year on him. Neither one of them is getting any younger. Um, You might have to be patient with this one but i think this is an investment that pays off maybe next year maybe the year after but i think talent's going to win out in just a
1: matter of time yeah what no, else you got as far as the downside to them you know i had tcu um you know again talked about his college schedule i think he played four ranked teams we talked about that earlier uh he did produce against michigan but you know that was a pretty bad game for for michigan so he got smoked in the national championship if you want to continue to bring that up um went to <laughs> i think it's the right? last time that's the last tcu player so uh, I, I think i'm done <laughs> i know i know it's all good i'm just giving you shit but anyways <laughs> um He went to the same. I had money on Michigan. I was rooting for Michigan. Ah, yeah,
0: I know. I was watching Uh, it with Michigan fans. I didn't want everyone to have a bad night. Nah, we did though. It was not good. That was a tough game. That was not fun.
1: Yeah, what are you gonna do, right?
0: Um, But anyway, right there next year, you got another chance.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, we hope. We hope. Um, But uh, yeah, he went to the Saints, and I'm just like not. I like Olave, but um, I don't know how I feel about the Saints. I just don't know if they're going to be a good squad, right? So, and I think he's going to have to wait. Like, I think you're not going to see the year one production. He's going to definitely be one you have to have patience with. Now he's got the potential to come out and be that lead back in the Saints, which has traditionally been an excellent fantasy asset. Um, But I think you're really going to have to wait for him to get to that point. Maybe a year, maybe two. Right. Yeah,
0: because I, I think they signed Jamal for three years. Obviously, they can cut him. I forget when. But, um, yeah, I mean, they they have Kamara. I think he's a free agent after this year. Jamal, they got him signed. So, they're probably going to run him into the ground even more so than he already has been. But, um, yeah, I, I'm with you. I think this one takes a while to pay off. Um, so If it makes sense for your team in whatever format, I don't think he – I mean, I don't know if he's draftable in redraft leagues until – last three rounds if you really want to take a flyer if you you really want to take a gamble that kamara is going to get suspended i i I don't know i'm probably not i don't even
1: yeah i was gonna say i don't even know if i'm taking him in redraft uh yeah Um, he's not really
0: on my radar unless it's probably a guy
1: guy who will be a waiver wire pickup if there's an injury of some sort yep and the fab will come flying in yeah
0: yep all right, let's uh let's go to our first quarterback. We got uh, the guy drafted ninth overall in HFFL, second overall in Waffle. That's the thirty-two team league, so you really need a quarterback. Uh, Anthony Richardson, the six foot four inch, two hundred thirty-two pound tank out of Florida. We call that tiger
1: bait. What do you got on Anthony Richardson? I mean, the positives are freak athleticism. Yep. <laughs> Uh, That's all I have written in his positives box. I mean, the guy, he had a good year last year at Florida, but what a 4-4-3, 40-yard dash as well, and he has an absolute cannon of an arm. Um, He went to a spot where he's going to get, I mean, he's competing with Gartner Minshew for the starting role, so I think he's going to get looks right away. Originally, I would say he's got an excellent running back to lean on, um, we'll see if that's the case huh. still yeah. in a knockout. One. You never know. Um, hopefully Jim ursay likes Anthony Richardson more than JT. Um, but yeah, I mean, what more could you ask for in a in a quarterback prospect? I mean, you've got the size, you've got the athleticism, you've got the running capability, you've got the strong arm. Um I mean, he's got, like, if you were going to go create a guy in Madden, it'd be pretty similar, I feel like. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. You
0: crank up the height, you crank up the weight. Uh, yeah. You give him that 40 time. I mean, he's an absolute freak. You, you hit on everything I want to say. I mean, he's got the draft investment, uh, a top, what was he, top five pick in the NFL draft? I think he was fourth overall, yeah. or something like that. yeah. Um, he's got the running game, hopefully, to alleve, uh, alleviate the pressure um, that they can lean on the running game a little bit, uh, and he's really not threatened by any depth chart competition with Gardner Minshew, so I won't right. waste any oxygen on things you already said. Now, the things that give me pause on him, I'm sorry. All I see is Jamarcus Russell 2.0. That That's all I see. Now, I could be wrong. He's got all the physical tools in the world. Jamarcus Russell has a reputation of being lazy and there you know, probably did a lot of damage with his own habits and and stuff like that. So maybe Anthony Richardson uh, won't make those same mistakes, but he is raw. All of his hype is purely projection. Uh, we're trusting the Colts organization, whose GM can't even keep his mouth shut about his best player.
1: Uh, <laughs>
0: it's it's kind of a shit show down there. As bad as the Lions have been, I I laugh at the Colts sometimes too. So. Um and they have a Super Bowl. So um yeah, I I'm not a big Anthony Richardson guy because all I see is Jamarcus 2.0. But what else you got
1: for the bad on Richardson? Um I have, in the negative section I wrote Giam say <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a factor.
0: How embarrassing is that for the Colts? Well, think about it this way, too.
1: I think this really negatively impacted the Colts for years to come and they don't even know it. And it I seems mean, like, if you're a free agent, why do you, why go and would you play? go there? If that's your future employer? Yeah. If you're a running back, like why? Well, if you're why a running you back, here? if you're a wide receiver, if you're a yeah. player of any sort. Yeah. You, and did you see their new uniforms they dropped? They're terrible. Uh, regardless, dude, they just said, I don't care how good you are. We don't think you're worth it. Yeah, publicly. What are we they saying Like, no it's one's gonna remember like, you when like you like being, And then you start to look at it, and they're like, "Who are the guys they're paying?"
0: Yeah. Uh, uh Quentin Nelson, old lineman. Uh, probably who's that linebacker? She, she, she uh, changed his name. Leonard. Yeah, Darius. Now Shaq Leonard. Shaq um, Leonard. Yeah, Shaq, don't call me Darius Leonard. Uh Yeah, right, they got
1: some right, other right. guys. Right. I don't but like,
0: more, much from the Colts.
1: Offensively, like, you wonder what's going to happen when Pittman is off his rookie contract. Um There's not a ton of other options there. Are the Colts going out to, like, get better as an organization? Or is Anthony Richardson going to rack up fantasy points like Justin Fields but be on a bad team? You know, so yeah. – that's kind of how I feel. I feel like he's got all the tools to be a great fantasy player and just player in the NFL. Doesn't really have any pieces around him to help if JT leaves and they decide not to pay Pittman. So, yeah. yeah. And, and I think, I mean, he, he had a really good year last year, but what else? Like, it, it doesn't, there's not a lot of college tape. Yeah. Um, so, could be a little risky, but that also could be viewed as you know not as many miles on the tires. Yeah,
0: I mean you you say he had a really good year last year. He he had two thousand five hundred passing yards. I mean, is that a guy you're really going to call a quarterback? Like, that's tough for me. Yeah, I don't know. I'm a hater. I'll I'll, I'll put my hand up. I'm an Anthony Anthony Richardson hater. So, um, that I'll, I'll try to keep my opinion out of it because in, in both drafts I've been a part of. He's gone second overall and ninth overall. So he's a top 10 pick. You know, that others view him as, but um, let's go on to another new position. First quarterback off the board. Now we got our first tight end. Uh, He went 10th overall in both drafts. Dalton Kincaid, the six foot four, 240
1: pound tight end out of Utah. What do you got on him? You know, I I I I was reading about him, and it looked like before the draft, like I thought it was clear cut mayor, uh, was like the top tight end. And then you started hearing all these rumors that people thought, you know, Dalton Kincaid uh yeah. was the top guy. And then when Buffalo took him, I was like, wow, right. What a landing spot. You know, you just got hooked up in a in a fantastic offense, you know, you got Josh Allen. Um I thought Dawson Knox was good, um, but if Dawson's going to be a blocker and now they're bringing, you know, Dalton Kincaid in to be that receiving tight end in a very potent offense as it is, who's just a a big body. I mean, 6'4", 265, or, or 240, excuse me, sorry. It's like, what more do you ask for for a tight end? Yeah.
0: It, no. I w- we'll get to what I don't like. It, it's, <laughs> it's not a big thing. I think he's a hell of a player. I mean, the Bills needed another weapon opposite Stephon Diggs. I mean, Gabe Davis hasn't really proved himself super reliable. Isaiah McKenzie left town and he didn't really prove himself super reliable either. So um, uh, Kincaid to me, he's just a giant wide receiver, which if yeah. that's a player you can plug into your fantasy roster as a tight end, that's attractive. Um, and I think my favorite thing I like about Dalton Kincaid is he absolutely teabagged USC last year, going off for 16 catches for 234 yards in a tutty. So uh, that brings a smile to my face. What I don't love about him, though, he's a tight end. He's not. He's not a very good blocker. He's not probably gonna, you know, see the field on on goal line unless they're passing for sure. But if they if they're looking to run the ball. Um, he might not even be on the field uh, another thing is he goes so early in these dynasty and keeper league drafts Um, I'm I'm out I'm not taking a tight end that early uh, as talented as he is uh, both drafts I've been a part of he went and I was like whoa that's that's aggressive so um, that's probably why I'm out on him you know just because I think I'm gonna miss out because I like other players long term better
1: yeah, With I mean negatives on him. I I don't think he was brought you don't go trade up to draft a blocker. You know, they traded up to get sure. him. He's, he's got first round draft capital. Lines up in the slot. I like all those things about him. But like you said, he's a first year tight end. Do they contribute right away usually? Usually got to get worked into it. Dawson Knox is not a bad tight end. Um And so, and like you said, he's not that blocker. So he's probably not, um, on the field. He's not that every down tight end. Uh, he, he's not, you know, Travis Kelsey, but who is right. Right. Who is? Yeah.
0: Right. All right. Well, let's move on to the next tight end. They went back to back in the HFFL draft surprise, surprise. Brendan took Michael Mayer, the, uh, the six foot four, 265 pound tight end out of Notre Dame. In my opinion, he is the best tight end in the draft class. He is a three down tight end. Now, I guess one, this is a good time to mention it. People are probably screaming at their phones right now. Kellen, you don't get points for blocking. I, I fully understand that. But I do think there is something to be said for a three down tight end that's always on the field for a guy where you can show run. And then he sneaks out and you hit him for a pass for a big gain. You get fantasy points for that. So um, if you're a factor in the blocking game, you'll be accounted for as such at times. And sometimes you're going to squeak through and, and get a big gainer. So um, I love Michael Mayer. Obviously, my Notre Dame boy, he does everything. He is a weapon offensively. He feasts on intermediate routes. I think Jimmy G in in Vegas for the Raiders is going to love him. I think he's going to open up a lot uh, for Devontae Adams down the field. I think Michael Mayer could see a very massive year one impact, honestly, as a a rookie tight end. So I'm a big fan. Shocking that I like the Notre Dame player, especially the tight end. But what do you got on him, Matt?
1: Yeah, I mean, huge, huge frame. And, I mean, he had a decent season last year. What, he got 180 passes. 2000 yards and 18 touchdowns it's all right you know these uh, yeah you know could have done better but <laughs> you know um yeah well, i thought he was the number one tight end guy's a beast um he he's i mean he's 265 pounds <laughs> matching up against like a, like a db come on yeah you know uh and, he's and the best bad. thing
0: is is he plays mad like, he gets so fired up, and it's like, I love this dude's edge. He he wants to murder you,
1: yeah. and he does. And I also think he's, like, a good leader. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I listened to a couple of his uh, – I forget where I was watching this, but he had, like, an interview pregame last year um, with, like, ESPN or something, you know? And I was probably trying to figure out if I should gamble on Notre Dame or not. Um, and <laughs> – I I just thought he was really well-spoken, showed great leadership qualities, talked about his teammates highly, uh, a lot of the untangibles that, you know, don't necessarily get measured in athletic skill. So, um, I I think he will be a good, a good tight end in the league. Yep. Yeah, I agree.
0: Yeah. My, the things that I don't love about Mayer, um, you know i'll mention the blocking again that's part of the reason why he's such a highly touted prospect um you know he's going to be on the field sometimes to block he's not going to be out there just to catch balls but i think that works to his advantage at times as well yeah the other downside is you know jimmy garoppolo is his quarterback he yeah. also had Devonte adams on that same offense you're not going to be the number one option on an offense with Devonte adams on it and then I have a feeling they're going to figure it all out with Josh Jacobs. They're going to have a hell of a running game, too. So, you know, there's going to be some volume to fight for.
1: Isn't in that Austin Hooper still and, there,
0: too? Um, what's that?
1: Isn't so, Austin Hooper at Vegas, in Vegas now?
0: Yeah, they signed him. I kind of consider him cooked. I, I, yeah. I don't I don't see him as much anymore. Yeah. But, you know, also Hunt, Hunter Renfro,
1: he, he's still around. Yeah, what I didn't like about him, you know, I wrote – Oakland or or not even Oakland God I should say the Raiders um, I just did that too <laughs> it's weird still but the Raiders you know I, I again not the best team over the last couple of years um you know they've had a couple fantasy decent players um but average um not and and mayor like while good tight end makes those catches and everything yards after the catch were never really his specialty um not the most elusive guy he's more of the guy like i'm just going to take the yards that are given to me and not try to make the play you know um yeah. so so that was one of the things that that i you know i noted um and well, let, me, l- we let, me call, not let me let me quote let me quote a former raider marshawn lynch who said run through a motherfucker's face that's well what if, he can, does. if he can run Like Marshawn Lynch, he will be very, very successful going beast mode out here. Yeah. So, um, only other negative is that he went to Notre Dame. Positive. So, put in the wrong column. (laughs) I know.
0: I think it speaks volumes. If he, I I feel like even you think he's a good tight end. So, I I think I do. uh, I do. Yeah. It's, it's hard to argue. Yeah. I got to, I got to joke with you a little bit though i i wouldn't expect anything less so all right zoom's cutting us off in four minutes let's see if we can get through jonathan mingo the six foot two inch 220 pound wide receiver from old mississippi drafted 12th overall in hffl 18th in waffle what do you like about mingo
1: you know i think he's got a great opportunity to uh join up with bryce young um not really a standout wide receiver necessarily in Carolina, played in the SEC, and he's got great size 6'2, 220. Like he could go be that prototy- prototypical WR1. Yeah. Yeah. 100%.
0: I mean, his, his size is the first thing that jumps off the page. I, 6'2, 220 in a class that's especially small at right. that position. Um, his RAS score is off the charts. He's a 9.86. He's a freak athlete. He is big and he can move. He's an alpha in my opinion, after watching his tape, I think, I think he's going to be the dude uh, probably not immediately. They got some old veterans in Carolina, but I think that's a good thing because give it a year and that's an easy depth chart to crack. He's got Thielen yep. in town. He's got DJ shark and a couple other nobodies. So um, I, I think Mingo's the third or fourth guy coming into this year, probably by the time camp's over and done with. Um, but I, I feel like the playing time is eventually going to be a sure thing. He's got a brand new quarterback. I think he's going to be his best friend because he's a big target. Um, and the player comps everywhere. It's easy to say about a, a an Ole Miss wide receiver who's big, but he looks just like AJ Brown. To me, it's the low-hanging fruit. It's an easy player comp to make. Now, what I don't love about Mingo, um, not great college production. He's no, that's what I have. Yeah, it. it he's. I I don't like Anthony Richardson kind of at all, but it's kind of along those lines. Mingo only had 51 catches last year in 13 games. He played a full season, only had 861 yards for five touchdowns. Now, he averaged 16.9 yards per catch, so he can do something with that ball. But, I mean, that, that's production that doesn't grab you, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, that, I said probably maybe not immediate playing time. I do think he gets there, though, and I'm going to be honest. I think Mingo is a G. I really wanted him in HFFL, but I had to decide between taking him uh, with a pick that I treated to you for Laporta or if I wanted to wait and just make sure I got Rashi Rice, who we'll get to later. Um, and I decided on the latter. So um, I, I wish I could add both, but the roster was juiced, had to make a tough decision. So, what do you got uh, that you don't like about Mingo? We got a minute and a half.
1: College stats, you know, um, I, I, I wrote he's got a rookie quarterback. So I think Bryce Young has to learn how to play in the NFL, um, which will impact jonathan mingo's development as well but if those two can like develop together it could be a positive thing i just don't think you're going to see it immediately um and then is carolina good question mark um (laughs) you know they might not be so i could you know it could be a positive because they're like let's give this kid some time see how he does we're going to be thrown at the end of the game because we're going to be down um i don't know so i think you just never want like the, the wide out three or four on. I feel like I'm like a not great team. Yeah. You know, it's like a, like a Donovan Peoples Jones type. Yeah. Maybe he's got a game here or there, but is he going to be like a, a quality fantasy player moving forward? Yeah. I feel we like don't.
0: this is an investment pick as well to a lesser extent of Kendry Miller. I think we'll see Mingo production ahead of Kendry Miller production, but I think they're both investments.
1: They are. Yeah. But he does have decently high draft capital.
0: He does. He was the first wide receiver taken in the second round. And so. the Panthers said they had a first round grade on him. All right. Forward down the field. Next up is Sam Laporta, the six foot three, 245 pound tight end, which oddly enough was drafted 13th overall in both leagues uh, at a tight end university. And Iowa Hawkeye, what do you got on
1: Laporta, Matt? I know you're a fan. I I absolutely am. Um, I think Laporta was just I, – I really loved his yards after catch here. Um, it seems like he gets the ball, and then he acts as a wide receiver and makes plays in space. Um, he went to TEU. I know you mentioned that. Uh, a lot of great legacy in Iowa tight ends. Um and honestly, I love his landing spot. Um, he went to the Lions, and not that just that I'm drinking the Kool-Aid, uh, they got rid of Hawkinson, and I think it's Shane Zilksha who today um is out for six months, um, with with an injury, and I and Brock Wright. Um, and that's his competition. Hot off the brush. Playmakers. Um mm-hmm. I think the Lions have a good high scoring fantasy offense. Uh, that he could plug right in and be, you know, potentially better than, Ben Hawkinson.
0: Yeah, sure. I mean, this dude's an athlete. He just looks different when he runs. He's so fluid and you can tell like it just comes so naturally with him, with the ball in his hands that he can just move differently. His RAS score is a 9.01, which is phenomenal. Um, he went to Iowa tight End university uh, Kittle Hawkinson uh was a Dallas Clark I think also a little bit of a throwback and like you said the Lions really need another pass catcher and uh all signs
1: indicate to him being well suited for the job what I, but mean, I don't I want love... to get too excited not to cut you off I don't want to get too excited he has a better college production football than both Kittle and Hawkinson
0: yeah. <laughs> which is scary Because that's one of my cons or one of my bad things is, you know, not great college production because hashtag Iowa. Uh, (laughs) Laporta had one touchdown last year, uh, only 657 yards on 58 grabs. Uh, But that's Iowa football, baby. Um, On top of that, you know, he's a good football. We're going to win this game. Grind it out, Jack Campbell style. We're going to tackle, we're going to play defense. um 17 Um, yeah exactly laporta he's a good blocker he's not a great blocker he's nowhere in the league of michael Mayer when it comes to blocking but he's a way better he's a better athlete um the only other bad thing I, i i just hate that i still think like this i just think the lions can't have nice things so um that that's my last negative there what do you got though
1: no negative speaking i mean. Like you said, the blocking isn't there. I, I don't think he has a ton of uh, competition to be the number one tight end at the Lions, but I still think it's a risk. Um, And, yeah, there's not a ton else to say negatively. I mean, no. you already mentioned the production, so I don't want to beat a dead horse. But, you know, hearing about his production and then also hearing that's better than both Kittle and Hawkinson, That's saying something right. Yeah. I'm with you.
0: If they can turn out to be offensive weapons, then why can't he?
1: Right. So I don't think, I think it's like, you know, I don't think it's going to be a wasted pick. The Lions need a tight end. They have nobody there. I think he's going to get immediate opportunity. Is he going to be like an amazing tight end yet to be seen? Yep. In Holmes and Campbell, we trust. Right. Blind faith.
0: Yep. I'm there. Let's move on now. Uh, well, I guess we want back to back picks here because uh, next up is my guy, hey, you're Rashi right. Rice. Tell me about 14th. him. What's that? I said, Tell me about him. Oh, I will. He was drafted 14th overall by me in HFFL, 19th overall in Waffle. He's a six foot two, 203 pound wide receiver out of Southern Methodist. Uh, go Mustangs. So I'll, I'll roll right into my guy here. I'm a big fan of Rashi Rice. So um what do we like about rashi rice well he's now part of the chief's offense it's a very good offense to be a part of uh not only is he a part of the team but he was handpicked in this draft by patrick mahomes uh they had mahomes throw to some wide receivers in this draft class and mahomes told the front office i want rashi rice so that vote of confidence goes a long way for me on top of you know being hand selected by the best player in the nfl Rashi Rice has the size, especially in this draft class, 6'2", 203. Uh, that's not size we see many other places in this draft class for wide receivers. Um, going back to the Mahomes thing, Patrick Mahomes might be at his best when a play breaks down and he has to improvise, which also is the scouting reports say that Rashi Rice, that's when he is at his best. When a play breaks down, he improvises, he's running back to the quarterback trying to help him out, and they they just make it work. So that's a connection, uh, a correlation that I could see being, you know, making muti- beautiful magic uh, for years to come. I'm hoping so anyway. Um, also, the Chiefs moved up with the Lions, by the way, to draft Rashi Rice in the second round. I don't think they moved up for a guy like Rashi Rice just to be another guy. They drafted Sky Moore last year in the second round. Um they also uh, they got some other guys, but they didn't they didn't move up for him to to just be you know another guy that they got in the rotation. Obviously, they think he's special. Obviously, they want a Tyreek Hill replacement. I'm not going to say he's Tyreek Hill, not even close. Um, but you know, there's a void there. They have Travis Kelsey and then a stable of guys that are average. Um, another fun my my last point. Fun fact: Rashi Rice led all college wide receivers last year in receptions of 20 or more yards. So I think that is a very attractive stat. Those are the things
1: I like about Rashi Rice. Matt, what do you got? Uh, Right next to Rashi Rice, I just wrote Patrick Mahomes. You're tied to the best <laughs> quarterback. Uh, so we anybody- essentially said the same thing. I just did it in like 13
0: times the amount of words.
1: Yeah, I'm just the layman's terms, Patrick Mahomes. Um, <laughs> tough not to like a wide receiver on his team, you know, he's got good size. Um, like if, if I was going to go pick somebody from SMU, I would probably pick him knowing he's with Patrick Mahomes goes to another team. Don't know if I'd pick him, but he's tied to Mahomes. So therefore there is an opportunity. Plus it seems like, uh, at least in the wide receiver room in Kansas city, there's, there's uh, a spot for grabs to be the guy. So, um, it seems like he has a great opportunity in front of him. Absolutely. What don't you like about him? Well, you mentioned, you know, Patrick Mahomes went and tried to get this guy or, you know, told him to go. Chiefs don't have a really great track record since Patrick Mahomes of yeah. drafting an Mahomes. offensive weapon. I mean, Sky Moore, Clyde edwards Lair. Those guys were not picked because they wanted to take flyers. Those were first-round picks. Right. Like, they went out and got those guys for a reason. You you know, he also went to SMU. Who was he playing against? And he only had one really good year in college. And he graduated as a four-year senior. He's 23 years old right now. What happened the first three years? (laughs) So, college production wasn't really there. He's old. He wasn't a Power Five conference. But he's linked to Patrick Mahomes. And he can scramble so anything's possible. Yep. Uh, I'm with you. Yep. High upside, was... but a risky player.
0: No, I am with you. Uh, I mean, um, when we're getting into the second round of dynasty drafts here, yeah. I mean, there, there are no sure things. So right, I had right. you
1: a, a dart throw at somebody, you might as well take the guy hooked to the best quarterback in the league.
0: Yep. that That was kind of my thought process. I do think he's talented. I do think he's better. Then, uh, the main bullet point I have for the bad, which is Travis Kelsey is gonna lead that offense re- reception wise. And then, oh, by the way, there's Kadarius Tony, uh, there's Thank Sky you. Moore, there's Marquez Thank Valdez, Scanling, uh, there was Juju, and he couldn't do anything in this offense either. So, um, you know, there there's definitely questions or you know, downfalls, that, you know, at least things to be
1: unsure of with Rashi take, Rice. Take away Kelsey, and it's gonna be interesting for the Chiefs.
0: Man, I thought – honestly, I thought they'd come away from this draft with a tight end,
1: kind of like Kelsey's replacement. Um, I they're That was my guess. For Tyreek Hill's replacement. They can't draft him yet. I know. Or They're still looking for Jamal Charles' replacement.
0: I know. Man, I miss Jamal. Jamal was so tight. R.I.P. R.I.P. The guy oh, was awesome.
1: He's not dead, but fantasy-wise. Yeah. <laughs> fantasy-wise, he's very dead. God, God, the guy was – if you're listening to
0: this, Jamal, wow. you are a home player. He was so fun. But, yeah, we'll we'll keep it moving because I could go on a long time. Uh, oh, yeah, let's
1: not get on a tangent. Yeah, Bryce Young. Yeah, that was
0: my keeper league guy. Um, one time I took a dump and he scored four touchdowns during one dump. It was, <laughs> it was amazing. And it was in the playoffs. It was incredible. Um, all right, let's move on to Bryce yep. Young. Uh, he was drafted 15th overall. Uh, just at the beginning of the second round in HFFL third overall in Waffle. He's the little guy, five foot ten inches, but 204 pounds. That seems generous. Uh, out of Alabama. Tell us about Bryce, Matt.
1: Yeah, I think he was like the safe pick here. Um mm-hmm. at, at quarterback in this year's draft. Um, you know, he's he was the most complete prospect, I think. Um not the most freak athletic prospect, but he's a good quarterback. He was the starting quarterback for Alabama, one of the most, you know, powerhouses. Um, He can put up points. He's a leader. He's carries himself. Well, Um, it, it's tough not to like the guy he can pass, he can run. He's, he's a good athlete and I think he will have success in the NFL. Yeah. Well,
0: I think the, the most important trait to me for just quarterbacks, like take fantasy out of it for quarterbacks to survive and thrive in the NFL. I think the most important trait to me is can you process information quickly? And like, are you intelligent as a Sorry, football dude. player? And I think Bryce Young has that tenfold. I, I think he's the most intelligent, the the quickest processor of information in the draft class. Yes, I think he's safe because of his physical limitations. I think those things kind of level out, but I think he's like he said in his interviews, he's been small his whole life. He yeah. knows how to play small. His player comparison that I've seen most frequently is Drew Brees, which I don't think he's got quite the cannon that Drew Brees had in his heyday. Uh, obviously, we all remember the days where Drew Brees had a noodle arm. Um, I, I mean, Bryce has a stronger arm than that, but um, I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna be a really good quarterback for the Panthers for a yeah. lot of years. I don't think he's ever going to be an elite fantasy option, but I think he's a leader. He's going to stay on the field. He's going to be a very damn good quarterback. And I think the Panthers are in in it for the long haul. They traded up for this guy. They gave up a haul. They're going to make sure that he's taken care of. They invested a wide receiver for him. They're going to make sure he's got an O-line and a running game so he doesn't get killed because you got to watch out for a guy that's 5'10". So I I think he's going to take care of himself because he's intelligent. And I think the Panthers are going to take care of him. I think he's got a long career ahead of above average fantasy production, but nothing that like Anthony Richardson is capable of.
1: Right. No, like you said, Bryce Young, I mean, he's a great athlete and he will, like, you're not going to have to worry about the off field stuff with him, you know, no. Um, and you, you don't get to be the starting quarterback of Alabama if you're not good they've got mm-hmm. they can have any quarterback they want coming out of high school. Unlimited five stars. These guys had Tua and Jalen Hurts at the same time. <laughs> right. You know? Even Mac Jones if you want to throw him in there too. You know? I know yeah. he's not the best quarterback in the NFL but like that's a stacked QB room. He's so still like
0: an NFL quarterback.
1: Right. Exactly. So like Bryce Young he was that guy and I think he he will play well. Now, what I have, question marks bottom, size. Does he uh-huh. have weapons to help him? Um, like we I mean, they went out, they made some acquisitions. They got Phielen. Um, who'd they get from the Lions? Um DJ um, Chark. Yeah, DJ Chark. Go uh, got Miles Sanders. Yeah. Um, seems yeah, like they, they invested be, in the running game, too. You know, piecemeal, some pieces together for him to throw to they went out and got mingo you know they're trying to get him some resources but i feel like it's going to take another year of those guys being you know mediocre or not great they need to go get another wide out one they need another high pick or they got to go trade for somebody to get bryce young a little bit of help whether it's a tight end whether it's a a wide receiver um mingo's a good start i like the Miles sanders pickup but He's gonna need some more weapons around him.
0: Okay. You think they need more? Interesting. I'll tell you to keep an eye on Tommy Trumbull, tight end out of Notre Dame. Dude can ball. Now they, they finally have a quarterback there. We'll see what he can do. But uh that's just my oh also Terrace Marshall. How could I forget about him at LSU? Uh, I, got, I, got, I don't know. I got I got Homer picks all over the place in Carolina. <laughs> um you hit on most of the you know the the concerns with Bryce Young. One new one I'll bring to the table is Is he an alpha? You kind of want know, the quarterback, the leader of your team, to be an alpha. He's he's very soft spoken. He's very, I don't, I don't want to say seems very. He's more quiet. like
1: the guy who's like, I'm going to let my play do the talk, then run my mouth. Maybe. Maybe. But that's, you know, that's. Yeah. I, I don't need a rah rah guy. No, I see I it.
0: I don't know if he's an alpha and all the good things I said about, it, I think he's got everything like a quarterback needs to succeed in this league. That's my one question mark, you know, and, and I might be reaching for something that's not there. Uh, but it's in my mind. Yep. Yeah. All right. Let's go on back to uh, the flex positions here. We're going to Josh Downs. He was drafted 16th overall in HFFL 20th in waffle. He's the wide receiver standing at five foot, 10 inches, 175 pounds. Another, you know, pretty, pretty little guy, Josh Jones out of North Carolina, Tar Heels. What do you got on
1: him? Yeah. You know, he got the draft or the day two draft capital. So, you know, it's not like a super late pick. They went out and got him probably another Devonta Smith type player. Um, but I mean, he had a good year at UNC again, i kind of wonder okay unc uh who did he play how's he going to compare against some of these other you know main players in the in the nfl i've got my doubts on him um but quite frankly i didn't know a ton about the guy outside outside of he went to unc and that, he was decent there so I, I i you know i've got some negatives here um but as i started to really look into it i mean he has the opportunity to be the wide out too in sure. like he's got a good opportunity to be at a wide out too and if anthony richardson can throw the ball and is the is the freak athlete that they think he is and if jt's out um that leaves like we talked about like pitman who else are they going to get the ball to if it's right. him he's got an immediate opportunity to contribute yeah sure
0: I mean, he's an athlete I mean hand up I'm not a big Josh Downs guy um, I don't I don't like the size I don't like the weight I don't like the landing spot but he had an 8.99 RAS score he's athletic and fast as hell um you he, he know he's fast because he's not big and, and RAS the RAS score takes that into consideration so you know he's speedy in 2021 he had 101 catches for 1300 yards and eight touchdowns he's productive as hell and then in 2022, he had 94 catches for 1,000 yards and 11 touchdowns. So the yards took a dip. The touchdowns went up. Um, still a very good season. The player comparisons that I saw with him were Kadarius Toney. Uh, Now, when he, Kadarius Toney's healthy, he's electric. Uh, but the health has been a concern. So I don't know if Josh Downs has the same concerns. Tony was always beat up in college, too. So I don't know if what I'm trying to say here is actually fair to Josh Downs but I'm just not really a big fan of him. Um, The the downsides that I have on him, you know, he had just 10.9 yards per reception in college, which which isn't great. So a lot of dink and dunk there. Um, He's another smaller wide receiver. Um, He's going to be, you know, maybe like you said, he might work his way up to be the second passing option, Um, but in probably a run heavy offense, assuming they get everything figured out with Jonathan Taylor, I mean, his quarterback's going to be Anthony Richardson. I'm not exactly targeting Anthony Richardson's wide receivers. So
1: those are my downsides. What do you have to add? No, I mean, he's got a rookie QB who's unproven. Um, he is unproven. Um, is Indy going to be that great? Um, I feel like there's just a lot of question marks. And I also feel like, he will, uh, I mean, he just, he's not going to be a, a, a wide out one ever.
0: Uh, his, yeah. his
1: ceiling is kept. Um, yeah. so,
0: so. For downside, should we just say Jim Irsay again? Oh, yeah. He
1: might be the last <laughs> agent wide receiver they got because they drafted him. This <laughs> pill-popping crazy motherfucker. God. uh, But, yeah, so, you know, Josh Downs, I wish him the best. I hope he has some success, but, yeah. Uh, was not super high on him. Yeah, but I, I, I him reports that were said otherwise. Said he yeah. could be a a weekly wideout too. Uh yeah. So what do I know? We'll see. Uh, Marvin Harrison, former
0: Colt, of course, was like, "Oh, Josh Downs is the best wide receiver in the draft after they drafted him." So, yeah, you know, it's a little home cooking, I'm, I'm sure, but. Uh, we'll see. I'm not a huge fan of Josh Downs. I don't. There's a lot I don't like, but we'll see. Uh, I've been wrong plenty of times before. Let's move on to a, a, a man well hated in these neck of the woods, C.J. Stroud. Drafted 17th overall in HFFL, seventh in Waffle. Um, he is six foot three, 218 pounds. He's a good sized quarterback out of Ohio. Tell us about. Your your arch nemesis here, Matt. Arch
1: nemesis? What are you talking well, about? I love well, this guy. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you wanted to stick around a little longer. I, Change majors. Don't. Stick around for another yeah. like two
1: years. Yeah. yeah. Get your veterinary degree. Get your doctorate. You know, go to law <laughs> school there. Yeah. You know, God, Mate. if I could get another four years, of CJ, I would.
0: In, in these days of NIL, the Michigan fans should uh pay him to stay at Ohio State i we're opening a fund They what just a move started, that would be you know selling nil fund paying cj stroud to stay put go back what a power move here you
1: go jason day <laughs> you know some people are just born on third base they don't even know anyways um so yeah cj stroud i mean all in all he is a talented guy, but he feels a little bit of a wild card who could never put it all together. Um, like he had weapons, there's no reason Ohio State couldn't have been better while he was at the helm. That's how I feel. I mean, JSN, he had a he had um, who else, uh, Garrett Wilson um like the guy had weapons man um and they still couldn't figure it out uh well i mean they could but like they couldn't win the big 10 so like you know um i think he can go i think he can get in grow into a good quarterback um, I mean, he's not a small quarterback. He's six He's got the size you want. He goes, he's going to Houston, you know, Houston's rebuilding as well. They're tearing it all down. They decide they want to build around CJ Stroud, you know, doesn't have a ton of weapons around him. I love that he's got Damian Pierce, uh, there I do. With him. what is it like Nathaniel Dell and they, they who, who's the other, what other wide receivers? I can't even think of. Dude, they,
0: it, this was one of my downsides I was going to get into. Let me list off their wide receivers Nico Collins, Robert Woods, John Mechie, Noah Brown, Tank Dell, Xavier Hutchinson. Yeah they, yeah. they drafted like three of these guys this year. John Mechie, they drafted last year, got diagnosed with cancer, took the year off, is back now. Hopefully, he does well. You know, you probably believe in Nico a little bit. I think Robert Woods is completely
1: washed. He is. They don't have Nico. anything. Nico's nothing special, dude. No, Jake, no, no. They don't. They don't have any
0: top tier or anything close to it. Wide receiver. No, in this offense, I don't. What's know he going to do?
1: Just run around and just chuck it up? Like, I guess. You know, I think he's talented, but like, I wanted nothing to do with him. Yeah, I mean, with they're, but they're one big quarterback, aging. and I wanted nothing to do with him. And he was available when I kind of picked him.
0: Yeah, the, their big free agent signing was Dalton Schultz, who's a fine tight end, but that doesn't help your well, question.
1: Like, who's going to a couple years away? Yeah, there's no ifs and if, if, buts about it. I don't know how you can. I mean, this is a fantasy football show, so or so like I don't understand how you can confidently say this guy is going to be. Uh, I mean, you're what you're. It feels like you're three, two or three years away. Before I think he can be in the top 20 conversation.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, people might be saying, well, maybe they uh, just draft Marvin Harrison jr. Uh, with their first round pick next year. Well, they don't maybe. own it because they traded away to Arizona for, um, there you go. Uh, yep. Oh my God. Will Anderson. Will Anderson. In year's draft. So they don't even have a first round pick to, to spend on a stud wide receiver. So, um, I mean, we we basically got into my downsides, my my bad. on always upside. From. So yeah, let's yeah.
1: go through your upside.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I mean, he's got great size. He's got an accurate and big arm. And the last point is, he's got more games with 300 or more passing yards. He has six games with 300 or more passing yards last year, uh, and that's more than he had more games than he had below 200 passing yards. He only had two of those games so you know the
1: production's there
0: but did he beat up on Rutgers? did he beat up on minnesota right. and right. purdue Yeah, you know, i don't know but i mean um, they beat yeah. the
1: shit out of the teams they were supposed to yeah yeah
0: i'm not a fan the the wide receiver the pass catching stable in houston is just a bunch of average dudes you know i'm rooting for john mechie i hope he turns into something but I do still too. i think at best he's a really solid two option yeah yep. Yeah. he's not a ton okay. of good word i have we're in lockstep yeah on cj stroud let's go on to ty j spears he was drafted 18th overall in hffl 31st overall in waffle he's a you know a short stocky guy five foot ten inch 200 pound running back out of two lane the green wave talk to us about ty spears
1: yeah yeah good size you know um like kind of like that bowling ball type guy, um, you know, with five, ten, two hundred, you know, I can. But like, again, I was looking to try to find some positives, and um, didn't have a whole lot here. Not gonna lie to you, um, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> don't really that's...
1: know. I don't see a path to the field mm-hmm. immediately, sure. like. You're waiting behind one of the best running backs in the league right now. Um, you didn't even crush it at at Tulane. You had injuries. Yeesh. Oh, I'll I'll disagree with you there. Let me pull his stats
0: up. I think this dude's actually kind of electric in a vacuum. Um, I, I I like the player, kind of. So uh, he had almost sixteen hundred yards last year rushing. What would he end up with? Uh, one thousand five hundred eighty one. He averaged 6.9 yards a clip. He scored 19 touchdowns. What I really like, you know, you see Tulane, and your question is the level of competition. Well, his best games were against Cincinnati and USC. Um, Oh, I wanted to pull up the USC game. Yeah, it was the Cotton Bowl. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Come on, computer. 205 Uh, for four. What's that? 205 for four, Tutties. 205 yards on 17 carries 12.1 yards per carry four touchdowns yeah Yeah. so he he destroyed them uh I'm always loving a guy that teabags USC I think the dude's kind of electric but there are tons of downsides and tons of question marks and tons of doubts he's small-ish you know he's 200 pounds which is nice but he's not yeah he's he's, not a great pass catcher he doesn't really do that um he's not gonna is if Derrick Henry is healthy he's gonna get three carries a game maybe Derrick Henry's gonna eat first and oh by the way this isn't really much of an investment pick because Tajai Spears has like chronic arthritis in one of his (laughs) knees he's not gonna have a long career so I feel like he is a what I think could be a good backup for Derrick Henry, but I don't know if this guy ever gets a second contract in the league. I don't think he's in it for the long haul even because, unfortunately, his career is going to be cut very short.
1: Yeah. I agree. A lot of, I mean, ACL tears, you know, he's got the arthritis in his knee. Okay, he had a good senior season, you know, but like, I don't know. Let's playing behind Derrick Henry. I don't see a path to the field. And like you said, so you, you're telling me his knees are going to get better in the next three years
0: as he gets older? <laughs> no, he's already cooked. I don't think he's, his knees are going to get any better. Yeah. Which is too bad because I actually do like the guy. And Tulane's got some badass uniforms and badass helmets, so I'd love a Tulane player to break out. Um, I just don't think it's going to be him. All right, we got 10 minutes. Let's run through this. We had yep. two players left to cover and then, uh, like, a wild card section. So, Jaden Reed is next. Uh, he was drafted 19th overall in HFFL, 22nd overall in Waffle. He's the 5 foot, 11 inch, 187 pound wide
1: receiver from Michigan State. Talk to us about Jaden Reed, Matt, quickly. Jaden Reed. Yeah, absolutely. So, he was uh, overall probably the best player on Michigan State's team last year. Um, yeah. I know he had some injuries, or it seemed like he missed some time. Um, But overall, I think he was the best player. Um, I thought he went to a great landing spot at the Packers. I also think it's fitting that he went from one of my most disliked college teams to one of my most disliked NFL teams. It's like, I'm just just bound to not be on this guy's team, you know, and now that uh, I can officially say Green Bay is going to be the Detroit Lions little brother. uh, It's fitting. God, I hope so.
0: Yeah. So what I like about this guy, he gets to top speed fast, very quickly. He was the sixth wide receiver drafted uh, has decent draft capital and Green Bay is kind of making over not only their whole team, but especially their wide receiver room. So he could become the second option ahead of Romeo Dobbs. I think Christian Watson will definitely be their number one option. I think he's just physically more gifted than all the other guys, but Jaden Reed could have a nice little role. But what I don't like is I don't think he's that exciting of a player. I think he's kind of ho-hum with the draft capital. I, I don't really understand the draft capital. I don't see the stats. He's not that big. He's not that fast. Um, I just don't get it, really, with the second-round draft capital. I don't right. know what Jordan Love is, uh, right. and the stats don't blow me away from college. So right. I don't quite see it. Um, This is why I'm not an NFL GM, but I don't know what the Packers were thinking with this pick.
1: Nope. whole bunch of question marks with him and the Packers offense. So I guess I got to give the ball somebody. Yeah.
0: Yep. Anything else on him or should we go to Mims? Let's go to Mims. All right. Marvin Mims, 20th overall in HFFL, 21st overall in Waffle. Right back to back there. Uh, five foot, 11 inches, 182 pounds out of Oklahoma. Talk to us, Matt.
1: Yeah, I mean, so under Marvin Mins, I have uh, Tim Patrick tore his ACL yesterday. Yeah, uh, out for the year. So it seems like Mims uh, immediately shoots up and has an opportunity to be like wide out three behind uh, Judy and Cortland Sutton. Um, I have Sean Payton here. Uh, Denver had a coaching change. Uh, I also have the fact that this was Sean Payton's first pick ever as a as a Denver. Yes. Runner. Yes. Um, so I, I have a feeling that Sean Payton is invested in this pick and wants this pick to succeed. Um, So that's, that's a positive um, that I have. Yeah, no, you hit the nail on the head. I, so Denver didn't
0: have a first round pick this year because of the Russell Wilson trade. Whoops. Um, So their first pick was in the second round and they use it on Marvin Mims when a lot of people thought they were pretty set at the position with Cortland Sutton, uh, Jerry Judy, Fireball Jones, AKA Tim Patrick who has since blown out uh, what was it? The Achilles? Achilles. Yeah. Not ACL. Yeah. And they also have Dulcich, who can catch balls uh, at tight end. So uh, the fact that they use their first pick on this draft on him kind of speaks a lot as to what they think of him. He had the fifth fastest wide receiver 40 time at the combine this year. His RAS score was very good at 9.41. He's kind of a deep threat. He's got 20 yards per reception, which is very nice. Um, I think he's a good little player. I would be more interested in him if I wasn't already invested so much in Cortland Sutton in so many leagues, which is kind of a relationship I'd like to get out of, but I'm kind of stuck at this point. So
1: um,
0: (laughs) I I like Mims as a player, but I kind of like refuse to get too high on him because of my Cortland Sutton love. So um my downsides for him already mentioned that's a little bit crowded of a room with Cortland sutton dulcich jerry judy uh fireball jones tim patrick is now gone so it's a little less crowded but also you know can Russ still cook um we saw what happened last year that was a debacle was it a one-year thing and sean payton's going to get him back on track or is this who russell wilson is that's my downside what do you got
1: yeah. For the downside, I think he's going to see a little, it's going to take him a little while to see the field, like, especially as a rookie, maybe Cortland Sutton or Jerry Judy move on. Uh, there could be some interesting dynasty appeal there. Uh, how, and I know you already mentioned this with Russ, but like, can he still throw the ball downfield or does it have to be like, if you're going to have this guy who's got blazing speed, are you just going to have to ding a dunk to him until you get a quarterback that can get the ball down the field? Yeah. So um right. I do think uh, there is some upside there with this pick. There's also a lot of risk that goes into this pick. Um, so I think you're getting them. Uh, and if you're getting them, you're you're stashing them for a year or two and seeing what happens. Okay, fair
0: enough. All right, well, that's our top 20 rookies. We got four and a half minutes left to go. So, Matt, my last question to you is tell us about a rookie, the good and the bad, uh, any rookie not on the list. It doesn't have to be the next guy and yep. why? I have a feeling it's going to be the next guy uh, though that you drafted an HFFL that's right after Mims but
1: talk to us about somebody. Yeah it could have been there's two guys I was thinking about talking about here um, but I am going to talk about A-Chain uh, who's Thought not so. on the list um, and really it's speed, man, and he got drafted by Mike McDaniels who loves Speed. I feel like you know sure. the Miami Dolphins. We could send them to the Olympics as a track team, almost with their offense. Um, it's it's unbelievable the amount of speed they that they are collecting down there. He well, he ran a four three forty. I know you don't love what he did against in his final game against LSU, where he had two hundred and fifteen yards and two touchdowns. Um, after missing a couple games, um, maybe a little undersized, five eight or five nine. 185 188 pounds you know but the guy is fast and he he went for you know 1100 yards he caught 36 passes last year um he catches he's got the speed and like i think he went to a really great position in miami who loves speed now they also have Two other, you know, starting running backs there, and he's no lock to see the field by any means. They also have to share the ball around that offense. You know, you got Tyree Kill, you got Jalen Waddell. Is Tua going to stay healthy? Is he even going to be in the league? Or is he going to hit in the head one more time? All These are all question marks. Um, so definitely nothing <laughs> guaranteed. But... I
0: almost spit out my, uh, my
1: beer. Yeah. <laughs> <That's the last laughs> <point. laughs> You know, a lot of question marks, but he could be the starting back, running back for the Miami Dolphins, who, if all goes well, should be really good on paper.
0: Yeah, no, that's a good person to talk about. He was the next person to get drafted uh, in HFFL, probably Waffle, too. I should have checked on that. I don't have that data in front of me, but uh, he's kind of a high risk, high reward player because he is so small, but goddamn, he is so fast in an offense that loves speed. So, um, yeah, that's a good player to know about. I'm quickly going to talk about Trey Palmer, which probably isn't a name known to a lot of people. He is undrafted. He is a free agent in our HFFL league. He was drafted 168th overall by yours truly and waffle. He is a six foot 192 pound wide receiver, uh, transferred from LSU went to Nebraska. I talked about dominator rating in, uh, in my intro he had a 46% dominator rating last year in 2022 meaning he accounted for 46% of all of nebraska's receiving yards last year um the dude dominated he is fast he had a 4.3340 yard dash at the combine at the combine he was the fastest among wide receivers this year um, he's going to have an opportunity i should say he was drafted by the buccaneers He's going to have an opportunity probably this year to flash on kick returns. Um, again, just to draw a comparison that I probably shouldn't make. That's how Tyreek Hill got his start. Um, now that's aggressive. But the main reason why I like this guy for especially a team that's maybe rebuilding, that um, is looking a year or two down the road, the Buccaneers. When I when you think of Buccaneers wide receivers, you think of Mike Evans and uh, Chris Godwin. Mike Evans is an unrestricted free agent after this year. Chris Godwin can be cut after this year. Maybe they keep him around. Maybe they cut him to, you know, do some other things with their money while they rebuild. The other type, uh, Tampa Bay wide receivers are Russell Gage, Devin Tompkins, Kalen Geiger, Ty a. Barber. This guy's going to have an opportunity, and he produced in college. Now, he couldn't get on the field in LSU, had to transfer. That's a concern. He's a six-round pick. There's not a ton of draft capital there, but the dude is fast as hell. He Put up numbers in the Big Ten with a Nebraska quarterback throwing him the ball. His best game uh, was against Iowa, who has a very good defense. He had nine catches for 165 yards and two touchdowns. First pod of the year in the books. That was a little longer than uh, I was planning on, but uh, me and Matt uh, got into a group, and we just have so much knowledge to share. So... Hopefully you guys liked it. Hopefully you guys learned something, especially those of you that don't really do a ton of research in the off offseason. Um, hopefully it was a useful tool, at least. Um, thank you for listening. Thank you to Matt for joining and giving his insights. That is greatly appreciated to give another perspective other than my own. Uh, my favorite parts of the episode are when we disagreed slightly on, on some things, so um, that's kind of why we're here. If we're all going to agree on everything, then there's really not a point to doing a podcast, or even playing fantasy football. We always agree on everything. So um, one correction on the Raz score, uh, a, a kind of insight that I gave on the intro. I think I said that there's never been a perfect 10 on the Raz score. That is incorrect. A simple Google search beforehand could have saved me from that embarrassment. Names such as Cam Newton, Calvin Johnson, never heard of them. Taylor Lewan, to you Michigan fans, they all had perfect uh, So thought I'd mention that, that correction. Um, this was the first pod of the commissioner Kellen podcast umbrella to kind of be different in the sense that it's not specific to any of our leagues. So if you have friends looking to get like, to get to know the, the rookies for this year, send them our way to the commissioner Kellen podcast. Maybe we'll get some new listeners, some new subscribers, tell them uh, five stars only up in here. So, um, yeah, if uh, hopefully it's useful. Hopefully you like it. If, if you thought that it was good, tell your friends uh, to check it out, to learn something maybe about these rookies before draft season. Final notes, Singer, when the hell is the best ball draft? I'm waiting. I'm ready. Let's do this thing. To the keeper leaguers, get those keepers in. The deadline is, uh, time of recording right now is 10.33 p.m. on Monday, so just over 48 hours. The deadline is Wednesday at 11.00. 59 p.m. So get those in. I'm going to go watch Inside the Den. I'm halfway through episode three. Uh, if you guys haven't checked it out, do it. It's on YouTube. It's awesome. Behind the scenes of the Lions. Tons of fun. Uh, really, really cool watch. So check that out. I'm out though, boys. Talk to you soon. I don't know when the next pod's are going to be. I just wanted to get this rookie one out. So thanks again to Matt for helping me out on this one. I will talk to you guys later. The commish is out.